All right. Hey, welcome to the show. I am Noah and I have a special, special guest today, Jeff Gerhardt, one of my dear, dear friends. Um, Jeff, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Hey, Noah, thanks for having me here. It's good to be with you. Um, Jeff and I have a great relationship. Uh, we both get to be um, uh, coaches and facilitators of the master's program, which is an incredible mentorship for Christian leaders that want to uh, uh, discover, explore, and exploit their kingdom calling. Uh, they do that using their business as a mission, as well as building a family legacy as a result of it. And so we got a lot to talk to you about today and share with you today. Um, specifically, I really want to unpack Jeff's story. Um, it's really, really awesome. And hear his background of just what his journey has been like. It's phenomenal. And uh, the cool thing is, is we also went through the master's program together. Um, and I'll never forget us sitting together in that room, dude, um, was amazing. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 uh, um, we both went through a major trans bunch of transitions in our life together. It's kind of like you're sitting on a plane and, uh, yeah, one starts up chucking when there's turbulence, then another one starts and you look at each other and we're like, we're really doing this, man. You know, so it's, like, <laughs> exactly. it's really, it's really, really cool. Um, but, uh, man, I'm just so grateful to have you here and for, you know, share with our friends and listeners here from around the globe, uh, really what's possible with, um, a life of significance, not just success in the marketplace. Um, but man, welcome. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah, man. How, uh, how are things going in your world right now? I'm going to get getting ready to read your bio and credentials, but at least wanted to hear um, a little bit of how things are going currently with you. Yeah, I mean, things are going great. You know, as you were talking about our story and spending time together in the master's program, what seems like a lifetime ago, uh, you know, our relationship is one where I've never been so with someone like you where I always felt like the description of iron sharpening iron, like every moment of opportunity to be with, you know, is an opportunity to learn. And then for us to be inputting into each other's lives, pushing, thinking, and uh, yeah, like you said, uh, deal with the puke at moments where you're going through growth and change like you never ex expected, but it's been thrilling. I'm so glad uh, that we've been able to do it together. I, you know, what, what's going on with Heather and I, uh, Heather, so I've been married to Heather for all these years, 28 years, and, uh, we are in full focus of integrating everything that we do from where we live to our business, to our ministry, really don't really see those things as separate. Um, those are human categories for, um, answers to what we do, but all of those things are happening all the time where we're at. And so we, we're working to make intent on every part of our lives from the way that we raise our kids to our marriage, to our business, to everything for mm -hmm. Christ. So, man, it, it's, a, it's a fun adventure, but it involves risk. It involves deciding, okay, I'm going to jump off and I'm going to trust God. You're going to put wings on the, my back that I don't see right now yeah. while I'm floating in the air. No, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm really excited to unpack a few of these things that we're going to be talking about and tools that will really help all of our listeners and those that are watching. And uh, today I know it's going to be a game changer for a lot of you that are that are here. Uh, a little bit about Jeff's background. He's the CEO of the Master's Program and throughout his marketplace experience, Jeff has been responsible for positioning teams to support product launches, turnarounds, and growth. Jeff is a strategic business consultant who works with leaders to develop plans that match their purpose, their passions, and their potential. 
And Jeff has international experience as he served as an expat in Switzerland while at Edwards Life Sciences and has led significant change programs in the US, the Middle East, and Asia. Jeff is the founder of Centix, which focuses on organizational health and cultural consulting. And then Jeff and his wife, Heather, co-founded DM Ranch, which hosts marriage workshops and special events. Jeff also has a a podcast launching in September called Leveraging Success. And Jeff is the board chairman of Four Uncharted Ministries and on the board of uh, advisory board for Engaging Nations. Jeff and Heather have four children and two sons-in-law and live in McKinney, Texas. Hey, um, so having you on the show is great because we have so much history together. And the best part is I know where to handpick these nuggets that I know that everybody that's watching. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got a shovel. And so we're going to start digging. Uh, Here's the deal. When, when Jeff and I came into the master's program, uh, you know, you either come in on the the master's program with your nose just above the waterline, you know, like on life support, or you come in on a specific need, uh, specifically like maybe your marriage is on the rocks and you want to learn really great Christian leadership as it pertains to, you know, pertains to your, your marriage or, um, with your finances. Um, some are just hear the word calling and they want to, they want to find their ticket. Um, everybody comes in under a different reason, but Jeff, I want you to share with them your reason as to what brought you in the door and why, what is it almost 15, 20 years later, you're in it, you're the CEO of it and why you're teaching it and why you're a a part of this global um, movement and why you've dedicated your life to it. Um, talk to what, talk to us about what brought you in the door, um, marriage wise, money wise, business wise, life wise. Yeah, I mean, the master's program changed everything. And, uh, you know, when I was uh, in the middle of my career doing what I thought was the right thing was just to go and make everything happen, make sure we had amazing vacations, that we had all the things that we thought we needed and then some uh, to make sure the kids were in private school, to get the cars, the college and all of that dialed. But at the same time, I I was leaving when my kids were still asleep and I was getting home after they were already in bed. And there were these moments over the weekends when I was taking them to church and I could see that they needed me. They needed more than I was giving them. There, There were moments when there was, could you help me with something homework related or just life questions, or I need something. And it wasn't just about writing a check, buying something, you know, getting them what they needed, but rather there were these eyes that were looking at me like, I'm lost. I need help. I need something more than what I've got. And and my thought was, well, that's outsourced. That's taken care of. We've got you in the best school. We're in a good church. Your mother's an amazing woman. And so I'm just going to go make sure that I go kill it somewhere else. And all of that good thing was going to fund all the other things. And so, yeah, all the areas were outsourced in other places. And I thought that that's the way that's going to take care of things. That's what was modeled for me, except all of a sudden um, there were cracks that started to appear. Uh, There were cracks in our marriage where we were getting distant. There were moments with which my daughters were starting to go in directions where I'm like, wait a second, wait a second, this is not going where I hoped. And, and then I saw my son and and this was sort of the, the seminal moment where I, 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 felt something had to change is that I could see in his eyes, my eyes. I literally looked at my son and thought, that kid is me. He, mm. He's a, he's, he's like my action figure. He, he literally looks like me. 
he says things like me, you know what, Jeff, if you don't do something differently, he's going to turn out just like you. And I was starting to look around and thinking, man, I'm just repeating my dad's life over again. And so that repeating cycle made me say, something's got to change. And when Bob Shank, you know, our mentor got up and said, hey, follow me if you're interested in seeing ways with which you can integrate your career uh, with your calling and become an amazing family man. I thought, well, I'd give this guy enough time to find out that uh, this is a scam or it's for real. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is that I just got completely um, messed up over it because I realized that this was real. And I remember as, as we started attending the master's program and I was calling home to Heather saying, I mean, this is just changing everything. This is going to change everything. And for her, she started to see me change drastically. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it was really authentic and organic. And that all of a sudden it was just a realignment. It wasn't like um, I had to change who uh, I was at my core. I actually had to expose the truth of who I was and then begin to be uh, real with that and, and be who I was made to be. Yeah. And as I stopped trying to please other people and just try to make sure that I found a blessing in something or some sort of achievement, like all of a sudden th there were things in these truths that we, we unpacked through the master's program that gave me more time, gave me more money. And, I, and all of that margin turned back into being an amazing hot husband. And hopefully Heather. Did you just say a hot that. husband? I don't no, no, no. really <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, definitely not that. Well, I mean, I hope Heather feels that way. But <laughs> she's she's amazing. She's hot. She's incredible. Um, but to um, to to meet uh, the needs of my family meant that uh, you know I I was going to change and and really start to trust God too because. And that's, uh, you know, almost a churchianity thing right there, Noah, when I say, you know, trusting God, that's, yeah, we're all trusting God, we're trusting him for eternity. But, but what if I was to do things in the right proportions in my, my career and in the right proportions in my family and kids, yeah. and then, then I would have headroom to do the thing that he asked me to do in the first place and to really go after it. So, um, yeah, it, it transformed me. And that's where I was uh, over, you know, 15 years ago, uh, where mm -hmm. I found myself. And it was all these knots. I, I just, I think that there's a misery in success, a true misery that I found myself in, just laying in bed thinking, there's got to be something better. I mean, how come it's, it's just like, I've got to wait till vacation to reconnect with my family. And in between there, hold on and just hope that the money makes it. And it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's almost. Uh, would you say that um, you were kind of in this mode of this hamster wheel of um, you got to be a great provider? Uh, oh yeah. But that's that's deception. It's a. It's being deceived that uh, you aren't the provider. God's the provider. What does that mean for you? Well, th th there's these leverage points uh, with which we start to understand that, and we talk about it quite a bit, 20% you know, of our work gets us 80% of our results. So what if we were to look at the 20% and just neglect, negate, uh, and negotiate away as much of the 80% of the fat that doesn't get me much and be super hyper-focused on that 20%? Well, mm -hmm. 
then getting that um, and really trying to expose that, it becomes a leverage point. Uh, yep. You know, I, I've, I've always been a bit of a, I think of myself, I, let me say it this way, Noah. When I was younger, I used to say to myself, you're kind of lazy. And I think my father kind of thought that I was a lazy guy. In essence, though, there was a hacker part of me that said I was always looking for the easiest way to get the most done. Yes. So the master's program really like touched that part of me. It was like, oh, yeah, I love this because this is a way for me to get a lot with a little. And and the more that that you focus on that and figuring, OK, what's my highest bill rate? Uh, what's the thing that uh, would create the greatest demand and give me headroom? But the hamster wheel, I love that you said that because I felt like the 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 norm was my butt in a seat for 60 plus hours a week that as long as I was in a seat somewhere, hopefully the best office with the best this and that, but you know, in an office, um, that that was the sign of productivity. Uh, but as you you say, and I, I and I love it. You no, know, it's it's that we are not going to be rewarded for busy, and that uh, became more and more apparent to me. Is like, well, mm -hmm. there's a way to hack this yeah. and start to get headroom and take that headroom and apply it other places, and, and it's changed everything. You go from a time abundance to a uh, from a time deficit to a time abundance, and most yeah. don't understand what to do with that amount of time back. And um, you can't do anything. You can't have a, I tell this all, to guys all the time that we coach is you cannot expect to transform your business until you transform yourself. Right. The infrastructure of you is absolutely paramount um, in order to get the house in order with yourself first, uh, in order to build a, a, a business of transformation. Um, and that doesn't happen until you get your time back. And so like you're saying, you felt you wanted to find your highest leverage point of the 20% of what you do that produces 80% of the results with your unique genius. Um, you know, and I, I know that we can kind of volley back and forth on the, yeah. the, the pickleball, okay. the pickleball court of TNP here, <laughs> yeah. but essentially, um, you know, this whole idea of, of life mastery is, is really at the core and, and people say all the time, you know, that's a pretty audacious term that, you know, life mastery, you know, um, how do you master life? Well, uh, I know that Jesus did tell us to, uh, that he came to give us life and life to the full. Uh, Jesus grew, he, he himself, uh, grew in wisdom and in stature and with favor with God and man. He exemplified life mastery, the disciplines of, of, of mind, body, soul, and spirit. Um, I believe guys like you and me, men and women, leaders in God's kingdom have mission drift in life regarding their purpose because they don't have uh, very strategic behaviors. They don't have structure and they don't have the disciplines for an extraordinary life. Um, I remember I walked into that room with TMP and I wanted an extraordinary life. I wanted extraordinary outcomes, but Bob, you know, did a wonderful job of kneeing me in the groin and holding me while I cry and said, it's a process. Yeah. It's not something to be written down on a piece of paper and go out and execute on it. Right. So Jeff, for you, I'd love to transition into practically what life mastery looks like now. Um, those, those disciplines that you've, you've implemented via the, the master's program and that structure that are now providing extraordinary outcomes. And we'll talk about the extraordinary outcomes in a minute, because 
Um, friends, those of you that are watching and listening, the code can be cracked of a self-centered life. Most don't know how to get off of it, but the code can be cracked of the self-centered life. Um, and it's when we allow uh, allow ourselves to be open to re doing that blood transfusion. I'm going to bleed out so that the Lord can have his blood transfusion of his purpose and his passion in and through our lives. And in order for that to be exemplified, like it requires getting the house in order through life mastery. Jeff, you went through it. It wasn't easy. It takes a constant um, shoring up every single day. And I'm so proud to do life with you and to watch you do it. You're living tangible, practical fruit. I can, you're the evidence that life mastery works and life to the full. So I would love to hear from you on a practical, what are your life mastery disciplines with mind, body, soul, spirit? Give us a taste and a look into what that looks like for you. Sure. Well, you know, when we talk about, you know, these concepts, they can feel like sort of platforms of, um, uh, stories that feel a little bit unaccessible. And, and so I want to make this just as as simple as it can be, because at the end of the day, really, if I want to help other people or if, or if I want to have a meaningful life, I really have to start from the inside out. Mm. And, and and that's to say that, and this is an amazing thing. And, and our friend, uh, Rob Dayton, who who says this, that, that I have found really true, uh, is that if I'm short in loving people, for instance, Mm -hmm. Then I need to turn around and say, well, what, what am I saying about myself and how am I thinking of myself and how God sees me? You see, um, this isn't some sort of um, narcissist work here. It, it's to say, okay, from the inside out, let, let me decide that you have made me in my mother's womb. In fact, that, that you um, have made me as a masterpiece and I'm not looking to the left or the right and and saying what am I, what do I don't have or what do I wish I had rather just realizing you've given me everything I need and so mm -hmm. if I start from the inside out I say okay spirit my relationship vertically with the father that means that I pursue him and pursuit of him is is to talk to him and to read his word and and to look to get that into my heart memorize it and let that process of memory, reading, praying, journaling, and listening yeah. be an ongoing communing. Like, you know, these five senses we've got, Noah, are, they, they can deceive us and take us away from the sixth sense and, and understanding it. And in the spiritual realm, there's so much going on and it's the greatest reality and it's our future reality. And so more, the more that I can connect there and be significantly seeking, okay, God, how do you feel about what's going on right now? Or, ooh, I, I feel you saying something to me right here. Or, I'm remembering that scripture. A and being in that flow with him is, is the beginning. It's the beginning. Uh, and then loving other people and my soul uh, is to always be aware of, how am I making them feel? What are their needs? How can I serve them first? You before me. And and if I'm short there, if I'm finding, oh, well, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm being critical of someone or um, I'm just not feeling it, uh, it's quite possibly most likely that I've got a deficit in the way that I'm experiencing God's love. Yeah. And so loving uh, loving God, loving people, and then the process of, of filling my mind with the right things. 
Um, there is so much today that we can fill our mind with uh, every night, whether it's uh, streaming uh, to, uh, to just even podcasts and the things we listen to. What, what if those yeah. input sources yeah. would grow our wisdom base so that we would become better husbands, better fathers, um, better in all these areas that we want to and be intentional with that and grow in wisdom so that we've got something to offer people and yeah. we sit down we've got resources uh, and, and really here's the thing that kind of struck me uh, is that if if we don't continue in growing at some point our children outstrip us in wisdom and we have nothing to offer them they mm. come to us with questions and if they don't see us as resources with which we can really offer them a leg up yep. then they 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 move past us and mm. and that the goal is for me now to grow in wisdom, grow in my mind through the rest of my life so that I can be running with them ahead of them, giving to them experience, wisdom that they don't have and that yeah. they'd be seeking me for that. And then finally is, is that my vitality is so important. Um, you know, the world has told me, you know, that, that your body comes first, but um, in, in racked and stacked, my spirit, my soul, my mind and body is how I would put them. Not that the body's not important, but uh, it put in its right place, it needs to give me energy. It needs to give me um, the ability to think and think critically yeah. and to be engaging and, and to be present and not sapped out quickly. And, and uh, you know, the, the longer the years go by, the more that we get into our 40s and 50s, the house starts to creak, man. I mean, you know it. It's like you start to hear some things going, what is that about? And totally. you realize that, hey, if you're not ahead of it, with uh, supplements, if you're not ahead of it. And that's what I do. So I'm supplements, exercising, eating right, uh, mm -hmm. and making sure that there's plenty of sleep and the right kind of sleep that's restorative. It, those things, if we're ahead of it, and we're actually treating ourselves like athletes. You know, athletes are, um, you know, cold bath they need to, they're always seeing a doctor. And, and, and to be ahead of the game, to be preventative, not just waiting until there's pains, but actually... Really? getting scans and things so that, um, you know, I'm getting inputs early and not waiting for a bad diagnosis Yeah, because I expect God helping me to live as long as possible. And so as many years as he'll give me, I want to be as present and look and feel as young as possible. So yeah. that, that's the inside out set of routines that, that I have both practically and philosophically to, to make this all come together. No. So that's wonderful. You know, uh, for those of you that are watching, Look at um, look at life mastery as as infrastructure of Department of Water and Power of you. Okay, so when you think about you as an operation and that you're going to be here on this earth um, operating, you're operating your career, you're operating your family, your parenting, your marriage, um, your mind. As Jeff said, this whole idea of hierarchy in terms of priorities we know our body's you know going to fade away it's a matter of how much time can we buy through preventative maintenance but also proactive maintenance um, of not only staying fit physically fit but keeping that infrastructure as short up as possible we want to be here as long as we can to bear as much fruit as we possibly can right when you think about the mind the mind typically shuts off at around 25 uh, most stop learning at 25 years old. They just stop reading books. They stop taking courses. They stop becoming 
when it comes to wisdom. And they think that a podcast, you know, they think that a podcast or some sort of um, miniseries on Netflix is going to do the trick. But in all actuality, most stop learning at 25. And then when, it, when we come to this time with the spirit, um, you know, the other day I was coaching a bunch of guys in a room. I said, I think it's pretty amazing how when it comes to the spirit, time with the spirit, the number one priority uh, in each of our days is that we try to go out and spend 18 hours a day in, um, in performance or being on or on stage of life. But yet we're not even, if we're even able to get the time, maybe spending 15 minutes scrubbing through just content about scripture, then trying to go out and live 18 hours and execute. You said something I think is just so, so important when it, when it talks about the spiritual relationship with God. How do you expect to get to know somebody 15 minutes a day? Hmm. How are you going to expect, how you expect to become intimate with somebody, even if you're brushing by five, 10 minutes a day, right? And I really do think when we make spirit time with him as our number one client every single day, that's the greatest thing that we can do for our marriage, for ourselves, for our kids. Um, and for us to be able to drink from the well, um, I just think it's so profound. I've seen my life transform since the pandemic where I started walking five miles a day. And it gave me, I have a routine where I walk for an hour, 20 minutes. I get 45 minutes in the word, then 45 minutes in an audiobook that applies to what we're doing with TMP and life mastery and all that. I cannot even begin to tell you how revealing it's been to me in that 45 minutes with the father of like, wow, I went from an academic knowing the father to knowing like, and that's happening every single day. But Jeff, I just think you're, you've nailed it with, this isn't like a season. This is forever. Sure. And to become intimate with him requires I mean, if I wanted to get to have a friendship with you, it's kind of hard to do it a little bit at a time. Yeah. Can you unpack well, it a little more? You know, Noah, when we're looking at, at that, um, in my career, I've always pushed myself into things like where I had to figure it out. You know, um, early days, mid90s.com scenario where, you know, I needed to learn something. Well, I said, yeah, I can do that. And then I'm like, well, I better figure that out. Yeah. And, I, you know, a part of my career has been the success of signing up for something, raising my hand mm. long before I was ready to do it and then jumping. Well, there's a piece of that I think that's really amazing in that there's risk that brings growth. So, so what if, what if with my spiritual life, I, I could move it from a, a I got to do to get to do because I changed the risk scenario, just simple, practical. What if I started giving more than I have capacity for? I'm not talking about uh, giving um, and not being faithful, you know, feeding our kids and paying our obligations. I'm, I'm saying that maybe what I think is possible, I'm just looking, I'm saying, well, this is all that I can give. But what if instead I gave a lot more and put my risk profile in a place where it's like, whoa, God, if you don't show up, this is not going to work. Right. And then all of a sudden, because 
I'm counting on him and I've put myself in a place where if this, this could go horribly wrong, but, but God, now I'm, I'm counting on you. And so I'm, I'm gripped hard onto you because I, I took yep. the risk yep. and, and it's not just in, in giving, it, it can be in our career choices. It can be in our life's mission. And then all of a sudden now he's faithful. He mm. proves himself. He shows up and, mm. and, and it's, it's just like this. No, when, when my girls were little, I used to love um, to get them to take little bitty risks. I'd put them on a, a step at the playground and say, come on, jump into my arms. And, and they would. And then I would keep putting them up a little bit higher. And when I put them on that top step and put my hands out and told them to jump, I could see their stomach going, their throat. But I would, you know, I caught them and then they had the confidence to do a little bit more. And, and that's our growing spiritual life. It's like, if I really want to pursue God, I have to be in something with him that, that he shows himself. He's manifest in my life. It's undeniable. I have a story with which I can say he is so real and I just can't wait to be with you because I can't wait for the next thing. Yeah. Then, then you get into a relationship that's, that's vitalized and not, not some task where I'm striking it off the list saying, ah, well, I got my th- my time with you, God done. Please take care of the rest. Let's unpack this whole idea of, of getting, um, when you're working with these guys, of getting them off the hamster wheel and what that, proce- what that process actually looks like. Yeah. Well, I mean, most guys come into uh, the master's program uh, in, in a place where all that success has created knots in their life. And all of those, you know, look like, um, you know, my marriage is on the rocks. I'm looking at screens I shouldn't be looking at. Uh, you know, I'm drinking to cope. I might not be a alcoholic, but you know, I'm, I'm putting in my, myself in a place where I'm just feeling like I'm hanging on to, you know, I, I do my duties. Uh, you know, I give enough to my church. I put my kids in the youth group and check, 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 check. But yeah, I feel so empty and I'm so busy. Uh, And, and it's not an emptiness, like absent a relationship with God, but but just just thinking like, what's going to be the accumulation of my life? What are people going to say when I die someday? What is going to be my legacy? Mm-hmm. And and having all those questions, uh, they they come in and, and getting them out of that hamster wheel is first really to understand time. I mean, you said it. I, I was at lunch today with a new friend and he's an entrepreneur. And today uh, he was just telling me, you know, man, all I think about is time. It's my most precious thing. You know, it's not the money, the money's dialed, the career's dialed, the family. But if I don't make effective use of this time, then I'm going to die with regrets. Yeah. And so getting people off of the hamster wheel is to understand that, you know, Parkinson's law says that um, things will expand to the limits that you give them. So if I tell you, hey, get this done in a year, you're going to take the full year and maybe then some to get something done. But if I say, get this done in two weeks, you're going to, you're going to find a way to scramble. And, right. and so when it comes to time, we start to say, okay, it's, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. Mm-hmm. And, and if I will start to look at my time uh, in a way with which I'll say, okay, um, there's time with which I'm going to make sure that I'm on my agenda, that yeah. you know, the things that I've set as intentionally important, uh, you know, not just career, but what's intentionally important in my, my marriage, intentionally important with my children and my spiritual life, as I start to map those out, then 
what we do is we start to work and say, okay, what's important? What's in the 20%? Mm-hmm. Book, book that into focused time so mm-hmm. that you start to make sure that that happens. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean that I become unavailable to the world. It just means that I make sure that my agenda is set so that I can be on a path yep. to achieve. So so really the, the beginning part of this is to straighten out what's important. What do we want to achieve? What what do we want said about us in the end? What is our legacy? And having all of that clarified, then start to look at time and become intentional with that strategically. Mm-hmm. And, and as that unlocks things and we start to literally, literally neglect um, things that have no value or we have no place in those things, all of a sudden we start getting free chains drop and guys start to say, okay, this is real. I'm feeling momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the The whole idea of I fo- if I put $150 million in, the, in your bank, um, that doesn't buy you purpose. And getting off the hamster wheel for most guys is more terrifying because we'll review, we'll, we will revert to those things which are unhealthy um, even if, because they'll feel comforting, you know, so we're going to go to comfort, even if it's unhealthy because it's familiar. And so those behaviors of coping, um, and comfort, yeah. m- regardless of how much money doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to give you the answers as to what you're supposed to do with the rest of your life. Um, going through a wonderful book, uh, similar uh, you know, to those those themes of Wild at Heart, but Abba's Child by Brendan Manning is um, is is one that will gut an individual of realizing being alone with the alone and being um, one with the Father is all and all that all that is is important and being comfortable with death, hmm. and it's an interesting component because when you finally come to the end of your rope where um, you are completely, you have zero resources or zero ambition, zero agenda, zero self-centeredness, zero, you're completely at your end is when the Lord can truly do his beginning. And the master's program ultimately was that for me. It was the inflection point. It was the burning bush. It was the road to Damascus. It was the getting off the hamster wheel and then destroying it. It was like, you're not going to ever go back to that way. And I want to kind of uh, encourage everybody here because here's a slight little blind spot. And that can be that we can become kind of overzealous Pharisees of being over-spiritualized. We know more now, we've grown up more in the faith, and now we're just more righteous, you know, right? But I would just say, be mindful of that. Um, The master's program is about us decreasing so that he can increase through our unique genius. Um, one thing I could say that I love doing with Jeff is reminding each other that God, God created a masterpiece in each and every one of us. Um, and permission is granted to go as big as we can possibly go, not because we um, have to, but because we get to, because we want to, because we're so flippant excited for the grace that we've received. And TMP for me was that permission granted. I, I literally remember that day we were in session, Jeff, and I was like, wait a minute. So you're telling me that I don't have to stop doing what I'm doing in my career 
and that I can go as big as I want. Right. And that was the day that it kind of clicked for me. And I don't know if it clicked for you. You know, we can switch kind of to the the finances part of things, but how do you expect to lead a life of irrational generosity that is just so ridiculous? How do you expect to do that from a scarcity and poverty mindset? Right. It's just not going to work, dude. Right. Unpack that a little bit in your own life. Uh, you know, when we're looking at what we have and what we don't have, we forget that there's just so much we're entrusted with. And so God gave me so much. And so that's what I've been entrusted with. But that doesn't mean that's all I've got. You know, he is resourcing me beyond what I think yeah. that I'm managing. So, that's right. so I have some things that I'm managing and I'm getting the most out of them. Yeah. Being faithful with that. But if I will, you know, tend to it and think about it, he will grow that. Uh, you know, I, I, um, I'm not a big formula guy in terms of prayer, uh, I, but you know, a couple of prayers that I, I really love. I really love the Lord's prayer as an, as an outline with which to have dialogue, not, not because I'm just repeating something to get God to yeah. do what I want, but, um, and, and I really love, um, Jabez's prayer and, when I understood who Jabez was and the request, pour out your blessing on me, God, expand my territory, guide me yep. with your hand, that, that that sort of request is is being a part of a partnership with God. And that's to say, hey, I think that I'm in partnership with you. I want to be, I think you've called me into this and I'm going to be faithful, but being your partner I see you as my board of directors. Yes, I'm I'm the CEO, but I'm coming to you and saying, here's my strategy. Will you re resource this beyond me, yeah. God? Because I think we could do amazing things. And so, you know, he starts to pour out capabilities beyond what I've got. And we have to play like what bigger than what we have. Because because if all I play with is what my eyes see or what my hands can touch, mm. I will play down to that level. But, but having the, the mind of, okay, the, the board, the God that, that is behind me, that's got my back in this, that my God is going to give me everything that I need. And so I'm going to lean into it. And you know what? We're never failing. We're only learning. Yeah. And even if I feel like in this world, someone could label something as a failure, I'll never categorize it as that because I know that he's going to um, honor uh, those efforts and, yeah. and, and being in collaboration with them. So, so financially, you know, especially here in the U S where we have so much and we're all frankly rich, especially in comparison to the rest of the world, you realize, okay, if, if I stop thinking about what I, what I don't have and realize that even if it's, if, if I'm, if I'm concentrating on uh, that, my God has everything, then, then I lean much harder, much further. I go for things that are beyond me. And mm -hmm. it's not me being a poser or trying to pretend like I've got more than I have. It's because I believe and I know in my yep. heart that yes. I've got more than what maybe people see for me. And so I'm reaching for things beyond me and playing at a level that assumes that it's all going to come together. It's all going to be paid for. It's all going to be amazing. Um, talk to me about, you know, you came into the master's program, tied in a knot, got your house in order, uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, relationally, your, your, your marriage, 
your parenting. I remember interviewing uh, Heather and how she just said, literally, I have a, a different husband. It's completely your, your mindset was different. And then you kind of go from untying the knot to then all this newfound capacity and all this new permission and all this new um, opportunity that the Lord brings, divine opportunity, and you're prepared. And so you start to execute on that. And over the last decade, you know, I remember your first five years, then your 10th year, then yeah. now graduating, going through it all, and then leading others through the process. What does life look like now uh, in terms of outcomes, tangible proof and fruit in terms of your portfolio with your assignment? Um, we speak of that in the program of um, you, you gain and you find a kingdom assignment, you execute on it. Um, we call it those things which break God's hearts and puts a smile on his face. And how do we use our business and our life to, uh, to maximize that? Could you just give us a quick flyover as to what does life look like for you and Heather now? And what does your portfolio of stewardship look like? Um, would love to hear that so that people can see the outcomes of where you were and where you are now. Sure. Well, um, you know, when it comes to our marriage, uh, everything that we're doing is intentional in terms of um, our dreams together, our time together, what we're hoping for and our outcomes. Yeah. But we see past career and kids. We, we have dreams that uh, integrate our, our plans. And it's not that we're just marriage partners or even that we're business partners. We're both those things. Uh, but we're, we're missional partners in the outcomes. And, and we're, we're working towards fruit in our kids. We're working mm -hmm. towards fruit in the opportunities that we've got. So what that looks like is everything from spending intentional time. Uh, we do uh, best days with our kids where we spend time 24 hours, sometimes a little more on their agenda to say, hey, I don't want you to just to be drug around behind me at Home Depot this weekend and hope that we get some dad and me time. Uh, well, it's Let's spend time where we can have windshield time and intentional discussions. And so we design for that. And, and Heather and I design for date nights so that our date nights include um, not just the romance and the reconnect, but the well, what are we doing next and how's our mission going and, mm -hmm. and uh, the excitement of looking forward to that. In fact, Heather and I just came back from an amazing week in Puerto Vallarta where we were with um, some mission partners there. We've got two master's programs down there, a men's group, a women's group that are amazing, amazing. Mm. Mm. Uh, I could spend a whole podcast just talking about what I saw down there. Um, but while we were there, encouraging them, supporting them, standing up what's going on, blessing it, and thinking strategically about how we can be a part of how to make that go further. Um, we also got some time together, just the two of us, and some time with some dear friends that we were there with. And so it, it's, it's this, uh, this concept, which at first when Bob said it uh, all those years ago, Noah, and he said, hey, you're going to make every day Saturday. I, I thought, you know, that sounds almost too good to be true. But so often you can't tell whether I'm working or playing. You, you can't tell who, what we're doing at any one point because we're yeah. enjoying both of it, uh, all of it at the same time. So, so what that looks like is, um, you know, we have uh, our ranch uh, that we host events on, uh, and it includes hospitality, it includes ministry, it includes consulting, uh, and it, it includes hosting people to stay at our place. And so 
we have that as a base. Uh, we have the ability to make it for worship services. And then, you know, that allows us to have a base for the master's program and, and our org health consulting, uh, all to be here while we're we're in, living with our kids and, and seeing them grow up. Man, I, I tell you, my sons, they're, they're really special. Uh, this morning, um, well, <laughs> no, I, you might not be surprised. I don't know. Uh, we, we were doing the master's program. We do it uh, where I will take pieces of it. And we're, we're currently in the fifth session together. And, um, and to, to be inputting this and in design of their life with them in high school right now mm-hmm. is, um, is amazing. Cause I know like if I could just go back to Jeff in his early twenties like, and, yeah. and, and take some of this, what would be different right. uh, and, and the ability to insert this into their life with all the godly principles to memorize mm-hmm. scripture together and be setting them up. And um, th- these things for them, like, they come to it like ready and excited, not like dad's making me get up early. They get up, they get dressed, they are ready to go. And, and we're talking about um, these godly principles as they're getting ready for their so life, good. which will start so soon. Oh yeah. No, that's giving them that infrastructure and laying the foundations to help them in their own life mission, which is huge. But um, that being modeled is massive. You know, it's interesting because I remember um, when you launched when we're in uh, the kingdom assignment um, uh, session in TMP. Right. And, you know, that's right around the finances as well. Um, This can be an interesting transition because now we realize that we're not just trying to expand, getting a sweeter spot with our career. We're here to expand our, our vocation to underwrite that, that which is eternal. Uh, for so many years, I was just kind of in this, if I, if I can just get my house in order, my life in order, get the business in order, pay the bills, then we'll start carving out some money for God. And uh, found out that we were tipping our waitresses more than we were God. Wow. And, uh, right. you know, when you look at that in terms of the way culture and the way the, the church operates, you just go, man, we got to be doing, we have to be living beyond our own comfort and ourselves. We're not here just to get ourselves insulated from challenges. Um, the currency of faith requires us to lean into more risk uh, and danger, and there's going to be challenges that come with that. For you, you were going through session six and seven and uh, stepping out into building your kingdom assignment, uh, one of them being engaging nations and this idea of uh, what does it look like to solve a massive problem? Um, and one of the things that, uh, you embarked on and we've been a, we've been a, a partner on with you through that. And also just the, the creation of it, which is so much fun. Unpack a little bit of what engaging nations looks like and why, why that can fuel and, and, and be the, the fire, the passionate fire in your gut more than just trying to slay the next client and why engaging nations I don't know, Jeff, I just keep hearing this term, like, as we look back at the highlight reel of our life and that slideshow at the end of our life, engaging nations is going to be work that you're really proud of. I think so. Yeah. So unpack a little bit of what that looks like and why. Come on, Noah. I mean, you and I, what are we doing here, right? I mean, that's the kind of feeling I have when I think about engaging nations. Like, I'm just a, and and that's an easy statement to say, 
I don't have any business here. I'm just a business guy. Like, what am I doing? I've never been to seminary. I, I don't know anything about missions. Like, I mean, I, I love Jesus and I know what the great commission is and all that good stuff, but like, what am I doing here? And, and you and I were there at the beginning of, of this and, and another TMP dear friend and Chris Skiff and, and these two amazing missionaries and Mark and Joan and our dear friend, Tom Doyle. And as we were all, you know, putting together the thought of what would it be like to go after people that are in gospel poverty? I mean, yeah. we take for granted, uh, we'll call it Judeo-Christian values, but we take for granted the gospel's flavoring of all of society where we live today. And in these places that have never heard the name Jesus, maybe they've heard of Christianity or they've seen the sign of the cross, but they don't know who he is. They don't know anything about him. These are the places that we want to go after. And we started talking about that and, and strategizing. And again, I would ask myself, you know, what am I doing here? But then we'd get on a whiteboard, uh, we'd get the right people in the room and we'd start drawing out ideas. And then God would start blessing these initiatives, which took, you know, initially 12 groups and now more than 30 groups and of people. And so when we talk about groups, um, without assuming everybody on the podcast knows what we're talking about. I'm talking about people of the same language, same culture, um, that yeah. uh, in their language, in their heart language, they've never heard of Jesus, never had any scripture. Uh, and so it's it's like bringing water to people that have never had water before, but they've been thirsting mm -hmm. all their lives. Mm -hmm. And then they form little Bible studies, little churches, they stand up little pastors, not little, but yep. you know, people that are just forming faith yeah. and radically changing an area, um, not changing their culture, but coming in with the name of Jesus, which is the spiritual answer to all of all of our needs. And so uh, we formed Engaging Nations to, to go after that. And that was in response to what's been an amazing movement over the last 23 years that has said, hey, there's, there's these people. We've been sending missionaries to Central and South America and Africa many, many times over. But yeah. there are these pockets in places through a lot of Asia uh, and very far Eastern Europe and beyond that just have never heard the name Jesus. Uh, so uh, going after them and bringing that uh, has been our goal. And y you and I, we partnered in uh, everything that was digital to uh, yeah. the design uh, of everything that they've been uh, using to get more partnership, which has been incredible. But that's just been a God story over and over and over again, all these places that we've been taking the gospel and I can, you know, what's so fun is no, we can say we here, right? Because it is a, we, I mean, yeah, we, we weren't on the front lines. We didn't get in a plane to go to those places, but our work created the infrastructure Yep, with God's gifts. You know, we put all that out there and it's been real. It's really happened. But I can't tell you how many stories and people that I've met, do you have a moment? Can I can I say like the shortest story? Please. Okay. So in this process, when we were designing Engaging Nations, I will never forget, I was on Facebook, random, and this guy reaches out to me and he says, hey, uh, I'm a Christian and 
God led me to you. And I think you're the person that's supposed to help me uh, to bring Christ to my country here. And his name was Simon. And um, so I I connected Simon to our team. And it was the beginning of a whole new movement in his country for Jesus in places where Jesus was not. Um, So I have to mask some of this, realizing that that there perhaps is some security concerns. But um, nonetheless, for me to have that experience, to have somebody, what seemingly was random, go through a process of realizing God was in it through a random reach out to Facebook, who's now one of the most critical partners to spreading yep. the gospel in his country. I mean, those that's just a microcosm of the many ways totally. that, that God has created uh, relationships and provision like we never imagined. Well, to recap, as we close here, and this will be part one of many upcoming parts with Jeff that we'll unpack, not just life mastery individually with mind, body, soul, and spirit in the upcoming episodes. But as as we recap, um, we can we can honestly say, Jeff, that it's business as a mission. And uh, you don't need the credentials from um, you know a, a white piece of paper, the diploma, seminary, as you said, being clergy to to engage. Um, in God's work in spreading and advancing the, the Great Commission. But you can use business to do it. And that's exciting and that's thrilling. And I'm, I'm hoping a lot of our listeners and viewers will understand like how powerful that is that, you know, when, you, when I stop and look at it, I'm like, God wants each of us to bloom where we've been planted right now. You could be in a cubicle in a high rise in America. You could be anywhere in this world but he wants you to bloom in your current assignment where you're at. And most of us feel like I'm going to retire and go into the mission field. The mission field is right where you are today. That's right. And we believe here at the master's program with the folks that we, we coach and consult that the Christian businessman and woman are the most underserved under, um, under maximized missionary on the planet. And one of the reasons why I can say that with conviction is the amount of customers you impact, the amount of employees you impact, the amount of folks that are in your database with your email list, the amount of folks that are on your social media combined on average, let's just say it's a few thousand is most is more than most mega churches. Um, my, my hope and prayer for those of you that are watching and listening is that you would realize that your mouthpiece of your influence and who you are as a leader um, is, is to be used. I, I believe there'll be a lot more on our shoulders in terms of, um, I don't want to say it as blatant as like judgment, but just accountability in that we were born in for such a time as this, we have technology to reach the world. Just 25 years ago, in order for me to sell a painting, I had to go tell people about it. Now I can just post it and within five seconds, the entire world will know about it. Are we leveraging technology as a megaphone for the gospel through our unique genius of our creativity and our, and our, and our entrepreneurship, our business, our career, or are we thinking that other people are going to do it? Jeff, you are um, an example that if you get your life back by getting your time back, 
you have capacity to go do amazing things, but it's never going to happen unless you get your life back through your time. And I'm thankful that you got off the hamster wheel. <laughs> My job is to also make sure that you never get back on it. Yes. Um, but I'm glad that we both are in each other's lives to, for that accountability. And we have this amazing movement that's happening. Um, I know that we've got some links down below in the show notes and in the comments where you'll be able to uh, connect more. Uh, Jeff has got this incredible new life mastery free series that if you'd love to get this series and go through this course, check it out. It's free. It's awesome. And you're going to hear a lot more of his story, which I highly would recommend that you would watch. Um, but we're going to show you the links to that. There's some links to the master's program as well. And just ways that you can connect with Jeff and, um, and do life with him. Um, uh, Jeff, any, any, uh, parting remarks, um, and we're going to have you back on and we're going to go through those other points, but just as we wrap up this ap episode, but I'd love to hear any uh, parting remarks that you have for our viewers. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about risk today and th there is something to getting my sea legs where, you know, I can get used to the waves and start to feel like actually this is my home. And and so those of us that love risk, especially in the marketplace where we put something in the ground and we wanted it to come back and grow, yeah. man, this is the life that we were we were made to have is to see that that risk and that enjoyment of success, not only in career that that should grow and stay, but also risk in our marriage, risk mm -hmm. in our children and, and risk for the kingdom, man. There's nothing more thrilling. And man, I, I'm glad that we're doing this together because I, I can't imagine doing it alone. Leadership yeah. is lonely enough. It's good yeah. to be in a tribe of people that are going after it and uh, grateful to be with you in this, Noah. Awesome. Appreciate you guys for watching and uh, joining us here. Leave a comment down below. Uh, you can show us some support also hitting the subscribe button and also share it. We'd love to get it out there. And if you're willing to leave a review, we would absolutely love it and really appreciate you guys doing life with us and uh, looking forward to the next episode. Thanks so much for watching.